Hi everybody, Patrick Ryan here with Childhood History and Critique. And what I have is a conversation with Jonas Corsibo and Johan Delbeck from June of 2014. We are in Malmö, Sweden, discussing an undergraduate international seminar that we put together over the previous four years for our students in childhood studies. The program presented us with some unique challenges and opportunities to introduce history and critical theory uh, into a program designed primarily for students headed into the helping professions. So here's our conversation. Enjoy. The sort of next uh, question, and that is, you know, what is this exchange program? Basically, what, what we do is that we, we pick out eight students from Malmö and eight, eight students from Canada. Right? And we introduce them here to uh, uh, this program. It's a, what kind of course we're talking about here. It's actually a five-week course, even though the exchange is just one week in Canada and one week here, and then they you know, write their papers. Paper. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we, we pick them out and we explain to them that what we are interested in, in our research and in our thinking, is these critical perspectives then on, on childhood and when it comes to discourse analysis and, and power and, and these kind of ideas, and uh, you know, ask them if if they would be interested in this. And actually, we have we have such a big program here. So so we how many students are in actually in, in in well in the program three hundred students three every year. every year, right? So yeah. so we might have like eight hundred students. Yeah, and that's very big. But yeah, so every have, year exactly. So we have one hundred students yeah. every year, which is a large program by our standards. Right. So we, we pick out eight from from uh, 300. We let them, of course, apply. We come and introduce these ideas. And they have, of course, heard them from both Johan and me in, uh, because that's the kind of perspectives that we teach, of course, uh, in these courses. But then we ask them if they're interested, and then they apply, and we pick, up, pick out a group. And we kind of meet them. It's a little bit outside the programs, it's a, it's a little bit more informal, yeah. some we meet and talk and discuss, and we actually let them read, pre-read, you know, some stuff, some text from uh, Foucault and uh, some kind of discourse analytical idea. Yeah, and it, ha- it, has t- it has taken the shape of a sort of advanced uh, reading group, if you will. I mean, yeah. the whole thing has changed over the past few years. I've been, I've been doing this, uh, this is the third time I'm doing it, and, and when we started out, it was much more of a of a sort of, we go to Canada and, and find out what you guys do over there, and you come here and, and, and you see what we do here, and we have like a selection of five different uh, lecturers who just like introduce what they what they do and, and, and stuff like that. It's much less uh, focused than it is now, mm. which is more this this sort of critical perspective. We're much more focused insofar as what kind of theoretical perspective, the kinds of concepts that we deal with. Mm. Uh, so it's much more demanding in a way for the students, but also much more rewarding, I think. In the past, yeah. it was sort of just cultural comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we could always put on the table for reading or discussion and what could be there in the lecture was, this is part of what we do in Canada. What is the corresponding uh, policy or institution in Sweden? And that's fruitful. And, and when the shoe's on the other foot, then you turn it around. Here's something that we do in Sweden. Uh, how does that compare and contrast with Canada? And I think that's, that was fruitful. Yeah. But what it didn't have is it didn't have a central theoretical framework that was being articulated and pushed 
by the, the faculty, and that's what we sort of developed in the last year around discourse analysis, Foucault genealogy, yeah, so uh, power we, knowledge. Right? Yeah, and we've kind of highlighted the concept of genealogy as some kind of perhaps we can call it like an umbrella concept to yeah. make it a little bit more accessible. Um, so we started kind of there, you know, genealogy and doing these kind of connections and, and studies, yeah. One of the things that um, might be interesting to listeners just to understand how we were able to do this, when you made that proposal, the key was is just getting the administration to buy in to uh, funding it every year that we would have some continuity. And so these are just some nuts and bolts things that are, that are critical. Um, you provide housing for our students uh, for that week and for the professor, and we reciprocate. So reciprocity is the principle. Mm-hmm. About two-thirds of the meals are provided. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, uh, students get a bursary that essentially plays for their plane ticket from the university. Mm-hmm. So they have to buy credit. They have to enroll in the course, but they get credit for the course. Mm-hmm. And then they're, all, they're probably paying for about 50% of their food. Mm-hmm. Their housing is covered. Uh, we try to reduce book costs yeah. to zero. Mm-hmm. And, and that allows functionally for it to work. Yeah. And, and one of the benefits is internationalization. Exactly. I mean, there are, there are several interests of different levels and in different groups of people in this project, really. From our side here, uh, Malmö University are very interested, of course, in internationalization, student mobility, linguistic teacher. skills. Exactly. Those kind of values uh, in, uh, you know, in the universities in Sweden are really highlighted now. It's, it's internationalization is really the word of the day, if yeah. you will. So, so we kind of talk, talked about this in that way, and so, so they benefit from this. Okay, can we have this? And not just because many times when, when you have internationalization programs, what, when it gets on ground, what, what happens is really you have one student from China yeah. sitting on a desk here. All by himself. One from Argentina, you know. So now we're doing actually something together and we're with them all the time. And also for, for the students, of course, this uh, interest in the, in the course proper, but also, of course, in, in, in this social exchange, having fun in Toronto for a weekend. Absolutely. You know, you know things like that. So going to Copenhagen yeah. for the, the last weekend here. And part of the thing that I've just, that's been so important to how this has developed is every year the students set up a Facebook page in the winter when, they, when their applications have been accepted and they yeah. know they're going in the summer. They begin getting to know each other. And mm-hmm. that technology right there, when they meet, they already have a face. And the other thing that's, and this is somewhat unique to Sweden, but I think it could work, is that the linguistic skills of your students are so excellent in English that we're able to cross that bridge. I think that if it was another country, right, you'd just have to really work at that, and it would be something different. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's no reason that it couldn't be done. And maybe if it's a program in the United States or Canada that has a uh, language component, you know, uh, you could think of programs in Canada where French is an element, mm. you could set up, you could maybe make it work across French and English, but it, that's a challenge that you guys really conquer yeah. for the group. Um, I think that's the, the, the language is key because it, it also, it, it enables us to do this in a, in a fairly advanced way, uh, yeah. uh, theoretically. 
content-wise. I think also what's interesting doing this thing Sweden-Canada is that there are enough similarities culturally so that we can understand each other. Yeah. But there are enough differences to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that always sort of comes up the end of, of the of this uh, of this exchange is that there are there are there are some key differences between North America and and Sweden uh, and and that really that plays to our advantage with with this uh, theoretical point of view yeah so yeah. we can highlight things but, and, and yeah I mean we highlight things I mean in in our theoretical perspective that you know to unfamiliarize yourself mm. from what you're studying to to we have used this several times now in the course. Of, Think if you were, you know, a social anthropologist from another planet, yeah. you know, and you walked into a school, uh, a school, mm-hmm. say a school, something like that, you know, how would you describe this? You know, try, of course, these things are impossible. I mean, in, to, to be, it's not about being neutral, as we know, but but it's it's a way of actually getting to see things that we couldn't see. Genealogy is all about that to say something different about the present, and and then and then. You have to create some estrangement yeah. from the evidence to have that kind of analytic distance and bringing together people who are estranged mm-hmm. culturally from each other yeah. is an, a, really one of the most powerful ways yeah, to do exactly. that. Yeah. But also... Uh, because they feel it. They, they, feel, they know it. They feel, okay, so let's look at, at our own world with you know with new glasses and then that does not become just a strange theoretical thing that the professors want them to do but it's actually part and parcel of social life and i think one of the things that's really taken off in terms of the curriculum uh is the students then when they go out they tour together they show each other their their towns they're living in their universities sometimes families and friends we've had students come from Sweden back to London. We've had students from London come back to Sweden because they became friends. And in that kind of exchange, at least during the program, I've also, they're sitting and they're having lunch and they're talking about discourse. Yeah. They're saying, is this a discourse? (laughs) They're talking about what is a text. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'll have certain lines that every text says something. Mm-hmm. Every every text has to do something, has to be circulated, has to be constructed, has to be part of practice, and that that allows text to situate who we are, our being, questions of being and becoming. And that's very theoretical, right? Yeah. But if they can begin to, to get practical examples and discuss and handle it in on their own terms, yeah. it becomes more reachable. It does. It becomes more reachable. I think it also sort of lessens the trauma. <laughs> yeah. Some of these things are quite can be quite. Um, it, it it changes you as a person. Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the ways of doing it is is to sort of discover discover it collectively mm. uh, in in a in a in a safe environment. And, and to me, that's at least partly what this is about: creating that environment. Yes. And then what happens happens. And we've had this simple instruction to them: you know, read the texts. And uh, speak your mind, you know, ask your questions. Yeah, that's the primary requirement, isn't it? I mean, to just let the audience know what we do is in the week that we're here, our our working day is very simple. In the morning, we tend to have a lecture-oriented meeting um, and then the afternoon a discussion with a reading each day. And their responsibility is to to read that text Mm -hmm. or those texts and bring questions about them. Yeah. And then, depending on whether or not it's your students or our students, they either keep a journal hmm. uh, with certain requirements, or they write a paper 
for you. And that, so that becomes the curriculum. Yeah. It's very straightforward and yeah. old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but old-fashioned can but, be very good. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, very doable. Yeah, very doable. it is. And for us, this is a summer course that goes, uh, takes place, and it's just a three-week summer course, mm-hmm. and it's an option. So most students, if we have a, every year we have 100 students in our childhood and social institution program at King's, there's only eight that are in this program, Mm -hmm. right? But I think a lot of them really look forward to the possibility Mm -hmm. of being part of it. I'd like to turn us to the question of what do we think the main challenges or problems uh, that we've encountered, some of the adjustments, you know, we try to make, maybe they don't work. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts about that? Challenges in this kind of international exchange and mm-hmm. also in teaching this theoretical level to undergraduates? From well, the beginning, I think we were more advanced on the paper, so to speak, right? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do this and that, and we're going you know, to have like five lectures from different perspectives and this and blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and, but it did not become you know, advanced in practice, what we were actually discussing kind of flew over the head. Now we have, you know, simplified it, but the core is much more interesting. So now with these concepts like genealogy, discourse, uh, power knowledge, and childhood, uh, and and as I said earlier, you know, genealogy is some kind of overarching term. Yeah. Uh, so, so now they know, you know, it, it, this is it. This is what we're going to talk about. But for three weeks. Exactly. And, and it's not just something that I can switch off on. It is it. It is it. And plus, the, the one thing I think is, is very interesting to see is that what it becomes also is it becomes for them a, a means by which to sort of uh, analyze and understand their own studies, mm-hmm. theoretically, and then say, what, what is it that we learn? What do we think we're doing? with this sort of intervention, both in terms of as part of the mm. curriculum of our program mm. and this particular international seminar with undergraduates who will be practitioners. What, why are we doing this? Why are we willing to put ourselves through this? And of course, I mean, we, can, we could talk for a long time about that, but I'm just thinking about Foucault's simple yet profound idea that what is does it need to be? Yeah. Uh, it's easy to say, you know, but we live in the is, you know, all day long, 24-7. So to just get those other perspectives, which, you know, one effect of that is that, you know, questions are, you know, coming up, you know, at the table, so to speak, that were not there before. You know, something becomes an issue yeah. that before was just unthought. It was just that... It was nothing, right? So it gives you... You were doing it, but you didn't know it. Exactly. Because if you knew it, you might not do it. Yeah, exactly. The things we take for granted uh, in everyday life, actually. And I think that there is some, you know, we can make use of that in a way of thinking and and understanding ourselves and, and where we where we live, what we do, the practices we're involved in. I mean, at a very you know, general... You know, um, and, 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 it's, and, and with regards to that, I think that understanding <clears throat> the practice that you are a part of or that you are to become a part of, I, I, for me, it, it's, it's, that is fundamental regardless of what role you have there mm-hmm. in the sense that we are, we are, all of us humans are governed by ideals and, and, and notions about what is important and we need to adjust to that 
legal uh, constraints, for instance. We need to be able to recognize those, respect those. But at the same time, I think it, it, is, it, is, it is a value to understand that, when we, for instance, when we look at, 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 at legal constructs, that the fundament of it is moral. Mm-hmm. And something happens when you understand that. Mm-hmm. that. That some of these things that just are mm-hmm. have a history, have a, you can understand it, and, and, and there's a conflict in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in what sense it's useful as a preschool teacher, it's difficult to say, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, <laughs> that it is. Another way of, you know, another take on that question is that what Foucault called, you know, when, when he discussed, you know, the role of the intellectual. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, could, you could bring that down to, you know, the role of thinking. Yes. Critical thinking, right? right? But, but really, is, is the role of the, of, the, of the intellectual to be sort of a modern-day prophet pointing the way to paradise or can it be you know instead of prophetic be diagnostic in this yeah. sense and maybe the diagnostic is not just you know it's not meaningless it's actually uh, opening up for a whole field of questions and issues and ideas rather than just pointing out saying you know this is a way walk in it you know yeah. according to yeah. political ordinances uh, pedagogy Logical visions or whatever you know, whatever it might be. I think uh, you know one thing that I think about in this this area of you know why do we think we can make this sort of intervention is part of what I say to students is you know you don't know uh, what you'll do, where you'll end up, mm-hmm. but not only just you, you don't know what's around the corner. I mean there. Not to get into this idea of that there's going to be this change happening, but if you take something like a standardized age-graded curriculum in schools where you can diagram it out and you have 640 students in an elementary school in eight grades and you can pay, pay for mm-hmm. it to maximize efficiency for a certain big brick building, it's not clear to me that that one best system has really any future. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. and so I mean, and there are examples of change being made, breaking down age grading in a notion of a curriculum that's still orderly, mm-hmm. that's but is going to operate according to different discursive structures and practices. And I think that people um, have a quite a capacity to respond and to reconsider, but we're fortifying that. I mean, I, I draw think about. The Foucauldian line that says, you know, people, you know, generally know what they're doing and they're no, sometimes they know why they're doing it, Mm -hmm. but what they don't know is what they're doing does. Exactly. And part of what we're calling them to consider is how, what is what you're doing? What else is it doing? Mm -hmm. Can you get outside of that and enough estrangement from it to see that uh, in your own life and to me that's part of enlightenment and the meaning of enlightenment and I can't think of any other reason to have a university other than that exactly I mean there you bring I mean the role of the intellectual also the role of the university at least the humanities and the stuff that we do What's what's the point of it all? Is it to be some kind of you know vassal you know to to to, to the authorities to carry out the political will, or is it to bring something else 
on the table. And I think that this, I mean, the, 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 the times we're living in it makes this uh, 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 a, a really important thing. I think this is sometimes something that within the university we tend to lose track of in this in these in these days of of evaluation yeah, utility, right? utility and all those things. I think that sometimes we lose track of, of of what I consider to be some of the more fundamental objects of, of learning mm-hmm. uh, of of building, if you will. Yeah. 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 And um and it, it, you know, it doesn't always work out. I mean, that's the other thing right. is that I think that I've had students through our CSI program with its commitments that have come back to me, you know, and said, you know, this program changed my life. Yeah. Um, others may say, hey, I, you know, if they had, if they reflected, they're usually too nice to do this. But I mean, there's it just doesn't this never made any difference no. and I think that's a reality of the pedagogical relationship and it's, sure. and it's fine yeah it's fun yeah, yeah. I think so too yeah. but this has been fun guys yeah it has you yeah. are wonderful great. hosts thank you as always you are too yeah, well uh, it's great to be in Sweden and Malmö is such a beautiful city and so we'll say goodbye for now yeah All um, right. but uh, onward and uh, in uh, the critic in criticism in childhood. Onward and upward. Well, it's not necessarily upward. I was almost going to say upward, but we don't know. <laughs> there is no Do line. Do you remember? Like There's that. no upward. That's right. <laughs> Onward and backward. <laughs> no backward. We're coming from all sides. That's right. It's like you know Darwin's notion of evolution that she's could any damn way. You don't know what's coming next. Okay, that's enough. Before we lose control. 